So uh, would you like to explain the email you just sent to me, which looks like my funeral service? Well, look, here's what happened. It's mm. been a crazy day. Listen, I it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't even had lunch yet. Look, there's a bag of things waiting for me to eat. That's how desperate it's been crazy. So I make one tiny little mistake. <laughs> I make sure everything's connected. I make sure we're recording. I do everything. I send you the Zoom link, mm. except I don't send you the Zoom link. No. I did, I'd sent it so quickly. What's impressive here is I didn't even bother to check what I'd sent you. So I thought I'd press the little you know, button that says copy link, send link. Mm. And in fact, obviously hadn't because what you got was a pasted copy of the last service I did. <laughs> yeah. It's slightly worrying when you, you you get sent something that ends with committal curtains <laughs> remain open. Well, you know, it's, it's time to start thinking about that stuff, mate. All right, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I don't object to the outline. It's just I want to change some of the music. Hope that's okay. Fair enough. And if you could try and hang on for another 40 minutes, we'd appreciate it. Okay. Welcome to episode 204, 204 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. I am the late Nick Page, apparently. Uh, it's news, news to me. And there is the inept Joe Davis. Well, you say inept, but I'm totally licensed to do your funeral, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Podcasting, I seem to have tricky difficulty yeah. with. Well, I'm hoping I'm going to get mates' rates. You will, mate. Yeah, definitely 5% off for you. I mean it, genuinely, from my heart. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry about that. Listen, it's been so long since we've done this, I can't. Even, I couldn't even remember how to copy and paste something. Because we've been to Lee Abbey, we've had a couple of specials with Dave, which were recorded before Lee Abbey. So, you know, we're a bit rusty around the edges. Bear with us, this podcast. <laughs> Some would say we've never been anything other than rusty. Never mind no. around the edges, right through the middle <laughs> as well. But anyway. Well, some would be right about that. <laughs> <laughs> they would. Anyway, how are you? I'm all right, actually. Thank you. Apart from being hungry, because I haven't had lunch and it's four o'clock and that's just wrong. Um, well, are you but, working too hard? Yes. Well, it, yeah, it's just been one of those frantic, okay. frantic days. But listen, I'm genuinely grateful today. Today, which uh, is a significant day for me, but of no interest to anybody else on the planet, but is the end of my financial year. Um, so if you have your own business and you're listening, you know that that is quite significant. And it's a day to put and just be grateful, you know, paid the bills for another year. Mm. And uh, that's great. Um, I, I genuinely, these these moments just, yeah. I mean, there'd be something wrong if I wasn't grateful, wouldn't there? But, you know, it's great. When we when I started 10 years ago, I had no idea how this was going to work out. I wasn't sure mm. if we'd earn enough money to pay bills, pay the mortgage, do all that stuff. But, you know, here we are. And I, I really just feel so... Um, do you know, COVID was... was I mean, perhaps people don't realise, but, you know, you and I both derived a certain amount of income from speaking, and that dried mm. up basically overnight. I know we started to do a few things on Zoom. Um but that that was a blow, and then people give to the podcast, and and, and honestly, it, you know, if you're into seeing things like that as answers to prayer, which I am, you know, that was just amazing. Um, so thank you to everyone who gives because what it's meant, and I don't do much speaking post COVID now at the weekend because I don't have to, 
And that's what allows this podcast to be so slick. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> Value for money there. I think we can What's all agree. <laughs> yeah, I know. Something's gone wrong, admittedly. Yeah. But the point is, I am really grateful. Also, have you noticed it is just the most amazing year for flowers? If you've gone out and about, especially in the South Downs here, so many orchids. It's like orchid-tastic. Amazing. Hey, I've got an interesting fact about orchids. Do you know where the word orchid comes from? I bet you do. Uh, Greek. Yeah, and do you know what it's Greek for? don't know, no. Testicles. Yeah, because the bulbs of the orchid <laughs> are shaped like the aforementioned item. Yeah, they are. And, and that's why it's called an orchidectomy if you ever have to uh, suffer the loss of those parts of your body. There, you heard it here. Now, don't tell me Spring Watch is not worth the bill payer's money because that's where I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what kind of person looks at something as beautiful as an orchid <laughs> and thinks, do you know what that reminds me of? <laughs> I'm going to call that. <laughs> yeah. I assume they weren't looking at the orchid, but more the bulb that the orchid grows. At okay. least I hope so. It would be very yeah. strange. Yeah. Anyway, we like to keep this podcast educational. And uh, yes. if that's not a fun fact, I don't know what is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there we go. And also, of course, we've had a listener come stay with us uh, recently, which is fantastic from Australia. It still blows my mind that anyone would listen anywhere in the world, let yeah. alone Australia, um, who you assume would be a bit more discerning than the British public. But it turns out they're not. They listen to us as well. And uh, how wonderful that has been. It's such mm. a huge amount of learning from this dear person. It was really, really good. So yeah, great. thanks for that. Yeah, Anyone's welcome, always. You know that. <laughs> Joe, you yeah. can't keep saying Wait, this on, over the internet. <laughs> anyway, enough. It's not about me. It's about you. How are you? Uh, is it about me? Oh, great. Uh, I'm all right, thank you. I'm very tired, actually. Um, Why? Because just came back from uh, up north, as it's known. Of course, yeah. Where yeah. I was in Durham for my daughter's graduation. Amazing. How did it go? Uh, it went very well. It went <laughs> fine. You know, they all they all got signed off. She wore her gown. We sat in Durham Cathedral. It was lovely. I said hello to the Venerable Bede as I went by, who's a Oh, church right. historian, early church historian, as you no doubt know. Oh, not 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 actually a bead. No, no, he's not, not actually a small. No, not something for crafting. B e d e. <laughs> he was an amazing man, but uh, yeah, he. Uh, so I will say, I wish when I go to Durham, I always like to go and say a prayer at Bede's tomb on the grounds that church historians were a breed that need a lot of prayer. I feel you do, so, you know, you know. It's um, good. Uh, yeah, it's good, but a bit a long journey and uh, clearing out. Uh, house are quite tired really ah well come on here for to relax oh i did go and see some great churches on the way up though did you would you like to hear about them not particularly no okay fair enough let's just ask the listeners hey listeners would you like to hear about nick's churches <laughs> no no they don't either it turns out <laughs> okay. so right. let's not share that fair enough i think you might have <laughs> faked that response but you know, anyway. <laughs> well listen uh so because i'm so tired uh, yeah. Because you haven't eaten. I don't think we should make this a, a tremendously long podcast. <laughs> no, um, that's not. I thought what we might do is do some initial reflections on uh, the interviews we did with Dave Steele. Yes. Um, but before that, we should say, you know, if uh, if you've got anything uh, that you'd like to add, if you're a church leader or, if, yeah. or anybody, frankly, uh, you've got reflections. We have had quite a lot of stuff in already, haven't we? Yeah. 
but but particularly if you've got things to say about Dave's um, uh, interview, uh, that would be great. And we'll we'll get onto that feedback, I guess, next week. Really. Yeah, that'd be good. And also, while we're on that subject, I mean, if you're a leader who thinks actually, I would I would quite value the opportunity to meet up and discuss this thing again if you could let us know that'd be great we'd be more than happy to meet with a group i don't know how big a group has to be to be viable three four who knows um but we'd certainly be into doing that and if it's too much to meet geographically in one place maybe we could do it online webinars and the such so yeah okay yeah well where should we start well i'd like to start with this question to you which is um was there anything afterwards you thought, oh, you know, I wish I'd said that? Or maybe there was stuff you wish you hadn't said, but it's too late now because it's out there. But, you know, was there anything you you thought, hmm, I missed, we missed out talking about this? Do, do you know, honestly, there wasn't. I mean, at the time, I wish, I'd, I wish looking back, I'd said less because I enjoyed listening to Dave and I always like hearing how how he does stuff. I, I think I've got more... There are things I'd like to go into in more detail. Right. Rather, I don't I don't feel like there were any big areas that we missed out. What, what about you? Do you think there are some things you wish you'd No, no. Missed? I mean, to me, it was just fascinating sitting and listening. I mean, I, I too wish you'd said less, but that was for totally, totally different reasons. Uh, you know, it's just because <laughs> I have to listen to you. But generally, uh, no, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, you know, I... I think it's it's tricky, isn't it? Because certainly in your case, it was dealing with some quite sort of you know powerful experiences. That, that yeah. Um, but I think it was good to have those two those two sides to it, really. Um, you know, for me, I think as someone who's not in leadership, I, but who who experiences it a lot, you know, good and bad. Um, yeah, it was it was really eye opening. I thought really good. And what I think impresses me with Dave is he does appear to be quite comfortable in his own skin and I did think you, you know for me Dave it's the great triumph of vulnerability and it reminds me that leadership is you know it really is a function within the church not a status um, and I think that's just re- really refreshing and really important he's honest about it so like when he was talking about worship and you know, he wasn't dissing it and he wasn't saying, he's just saying, let's be honest. You know, we like singing together. Yeah. And that's yeah. a good reason to do it. It's not that God needs our praises and everything, which are the sort of phrases we often come up with and start perhaps to feel a bit uncomfortable about. And um, I feel like he was demystifying a lot of, you know, how modern religion has gone, really. Whether he was talking about worship or whether he was talking about the call to ministry um or whether he's talking about you know do you remember when he was talking about you know how we all have to show unity so once we leave this room even though we may have massively disagreed you've got to go with what the minister says or the majority mm. says and he said well wouldn't it be more authentic just to say some of us thought this four of us thought disagreed we had to make a decision we went with it but mm. yeah and and that takes a lot of security doesn't it to say that yeah i think i mean the the I don't know about demystifying, I suppose just putting everything on the same level. I mean, it struck me the way, you know, that I found that discussion of worship really helpful because he's right. Well, I think you were, actually it was your point, wasn't it, that, that we we experience the same thing as at, yeah. uh, a rock concert and that yeah. can be the Holy Fail. Spirit, you know, yeah. 
yeah, I suppose depending on which concert you're going to, to be honest. <laughs> but you know, um, but but I think that's the thing is this sacred secular divide thing. So that when when we do something in a church, yeah, you know, it's got to be called one thing, and it's yeah. got to have a whole lot of spiritual stuff attached to it. Yeah. But if we do the same thing outside, yeah, it's called it something different. So you could have a, you know, you 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 have a, a sermon in a church, but you go to a lecture. Yeah, outside. that's right. Yeah, if you have a tingle while you're singing in church, it's the Holy Spirit. But if you have a tingle when it's a rock concert, then that's clearly not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I think if we could sort of say, well, actually. Everything is is spiritual in that sense. Yes, you know, there's exactly. all spirituality underlying everything. Yes, and therefore a conversation in a pub can be as much a part of of uh, worship and 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 religion as you know the same conversation in a house group or the or or even as part of a church service. Um, exactly. It, you know, I I just think it's it, it's really helpful. It allows you to sort of take the whole thing. It diffuses it. I think that's the thing. Yeah. It, it sort of takes away some of the. The danger of it, yeah. you know. But also, I think it, it just helps people connect up all of life as well. Yes. Because that's one of the criticisms that some people have of the church, isn't it? It's like they have their Sunday life, but it seems to be very compartmentalised with its own language and its own way of sort of perceiving faith. Yeah. But once once it spreads out into all of life, you know, it, it it's really helpful. It's just really helpful. I, I appreciated that a lot. Yeah, so that that I thought was really good. And I had to laugh about, you know, when he vulnerably shared when he was part of that big church that God wasn't saying anything to him. Someone immediately got him a Keith Green cassette. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, lovely, lovely and, and well-meaning, but totally perhaps missing the point there. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think that can happen a lot, and you just have to accept that people are trying to do their best. They're, you know, they're they're yeah. trying to help. You know, they're not doing it. It's, it's, there's a difference, isn't there? Sometimes people are looking to to to, in Ethel's phrase, you know, rebuke you, you know, in a yeah. rather Ethel manner, which isn't helpful. And sometimes they're genuinely trying to help. You know, yeah, um, know. and there could be, I suppose, a bit of both. And sometimes up, really. people just can't help, can't cope with your own depressed mood. They want to cheer you up. They have to cheer you up. Mm. You know, so it's like that lady who came to us after Rachel's miscarriage and said, don't worry, this is just God's way of getting rid of defective children and then walked off. Like, well, that's okay. I've dealt with it <laughs> and I've told you how it is. So yes. you're, you know, yes. oh, well, thank you for that. Bless you. Yes. <laughs> yes. We didn't say that. With hindsight, maybe we should have. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah, but I mean, the thing was so much about unity as well. Yes. And our current sort of idea of what unity is. And it seems to me that more than ever, we've got a wrong idea of what peace and unity looks like in a community. You know, we 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 are more, funnily enough, you know, with all the sort of statements about a multicultural world, we're, we're much more monocultural in some respects or demanding of it than ever before. That's a strange yeah. thing. And I think the media have played a big, role yeah. in this in terms of you know for example with politics you know it's the idea of you know collective responsibility and you can't have any disunity within a cabinet yeah. it's impossible no. anybody who possibly disagrees <laughs> with the prime minister must be ipso facto a traitor and yeah. probably out for the job and and yeah. so you're always looking for cracks and i think that kind of presentation just seeps down into everything it sort of affects everything 
It's, you've got to be on the same page about about absolutely everything, and you can't possibly be. It's true. And um, interestingly, uh, talking to this person who, who, who was uh, with, staying with us recently, said one of the things they like, that the more we, you and I disagree, in fact, they like that, um, because they think we like each other. <laughs> oh, I mean, obviously. You can, you can fool people so much. <laughs> well, no, you do, because, again, it's security of relationship, isn't it? Exactly. Um, and I think it's actually what affects it is also being honest about the areas of disagreement. So I remember sometimes in the past you'd say things and I'd go, really? You really think mm. that? Mm. Um, and then, you know, you just get used to it because it's out in the open, really. And because, <laughs> uh, you know, realise that you haven't thought it through at all. So it's fine, you know. No. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the, um, the, the bit about the riot shield. I found that. Oh, very, yes. Know, this imaginary riot shield. Um, but I thought I thought it also illustrates just how hard it is for, you know, pastors and vicars and ministers to to disassociate themselves from the job. Because it's one thing to say, well, they're not attacking me; they're they're attacking yeah. something else. But actually, you you are your yeah. identity is self and bound up it's in really in the different. job, isn't it? Yeah. You know that whole yes. sense of calling and yeah. you know yeah. being part of the priesthood and all this stuff. Yeah. So it's really hard to do that. It is. It is really hard, and it's especially hard in the context of it's not even people in his own church. It's people from other churches, so yeah, it really gets dissed from those that are very skilled at throwing around their own Bible verses, and they're you know very good at defending their own theological interpretation of the Bible. Like this is the only way mm. of interpreting the Bible, and I'm just so weary of that, and so over that and past it you know great you know do you love jesus are you being kind are you following the way <laughs> mm. i've been thinking i've been reflecting on this a lot actually since lee abby since the interview with dave about what is church and and is what we call church really what was in the mind of jesus when he said i'll build my church you know what's was he starting a new religion i saw a great tweet yesterday <laughs> and it said wouldn't it be amazing if they started a religion based on the teachings of jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh i should have despaired but i laughed <laughs> well yeah i think that it, there is this thing isn't there where you end it ends up being sort of combat by proof text yeah. you know where people are just lobbing texts I at know. one another i remember years ago talking to somebody from uh I think it's from Venezuela. He'd moved over anyway from from South America, and I said to him, "I said to him, what what do you think is the main difference between the two um, communities that you live in?" And he, I, I expected it to be my typical sort of Western way. I expected it to be about standard of living or healthcare or blah 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 blah. Yeah. And he just said, "No, it's the way we talk to one another." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well." In, 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 in my country where you have a conversation, it's like there is a rope between you and you pull one way and then you pull the other and there's movement. He said, mm. in, over here, it's like there's a wall between you and you, you throw things over the wall at each other. <laughs> That's really interesting, isn't it? Oh, interesting and, that, and sad. Yeah. Well, I found it fascinating because it is that. It's kind of the, and that was many years ago. Uh, I've never forgotten it, but that was probably 20, 20 years ago. But it's become even more... Um, true that we just sort of lob statements over the wall at, at one another um we don't actually sort of you know move there's no movement there 
Um, and, and that's what happens, I think, so often with theology, as you were saying, with proof texts. People sort of beat you over the head with them, really. They're yeah, not interested exactly. in, in, in discussing the text itself. It just becomes it sort of weaponized. Really. Yeah, yeah. But you, but you also realise what a difficult thing unity must be. Because it is much nicer just to be around people who all agree mm. with you, isn't it? And mm. yet, what can it have been like for the disciples, you know, to... To have a tax collector among you, you know, most despised group to have, yes, the, yes. you know, the sort of fishermen who were like, you know, couldn't really, not really intelligent enough to do anything else. I don't think that about fishermen. I'm just I just have heard that's what the status of fishermen was in first century Palestine. You know, it wasn't exactly an honoured position in society. And to have that old bunch and then to to, you know, develop the church within a, you know, 80 years Paul is saying to them look you slave slave owners sit down with your slaves and treat them with respect I mean it's it's so radical I can see why our human nature has dragged it away and we've got into this more sort of homogenous position of white middle class churches and you know working churches and black churches and churches specifically for gay people and all the rest Mm. of it but you can't help feeling that is so far from what Jesus intended well, I wonder if the most important tool we can develop, or one of the most important tools we can develop, is empathy, really. Mm. I've actually been doing a writing course. We're well, not really doing it. There's a BBC Maestro have this thing. And they've got Alan Moore doing a course on sort of storytelling and writing. Right. So I thought, oh, I might as well have a look at that. And it's really interesting because he he says, you know, compassion and empathy are the most important tools because you've got to think yourself into the mindset of of characters you might not like you know if you if you write just a sort of mm. a, a villain who is just sort of cartoon like nobody sort of really yeah. enjoys that but you've got to actually think why is this person behaving in this way mm. what is it about that yeah and i i found that really interesting because um I don't think I've been tremendously good at it at times in, in terms of writing history. I prefer just to sort of, mm. you know, have a go at people. It's more fun. I don't but, know. You know. I think you've been fairly even-handed with people oh, like that's Calvin nice. and stuff. No, you yeah. you have done. You, you I did you, call him an android, to be fair. Yeah, but you but you also you dealt. I thought fairly in a fairly level basis with them. You're saying that these guys aren't the absolute angels they're made out to be. They're humans like you and me. They yeah, get some stuff yes. right and some stuff wrong. But you didn't hide the stuff they got right, I thought. No, no I think, well, that's good. I mean, I, I do, I think it's, I think it's important. It, I don't know. It's just, it's just brought it home to me about the need for sort of empathy yeah. and understanding and try to understand why people operate in a certain way or what makes them that And Dave that said way. that in the interview, didn't he? He said, you can't love what you don't know. No. So, actually to take the time to know someone requires a certain amount of empathy to mm, to mm. do that and then you dialogue rather than just casting stones at each other yeah it was good i also thought you know what he said right at the end about skepticism can be healthy but the world doesn't need cynics and i hope that's you know perhaps that's the role of our podcast a bit in the uh, context we're in is to to sometimes look sceptically at things, but I, I hope we don't drift too much into cynicism. Maybe no. we do sometimes, I don't know. Well, it's hard. I, it's very hard, I think. When you're presented with something over and over again, mm. and you, think, you kind of do think, oh, here we go again. 
Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and I think that's my danger point about cynicism. But again, maybe compassion and empathy is the way through that. So to look around you and see how valuable these things are to other people. They may not be good for you. You may not, you know, might not tick any of your boxes, but other people really relish them and need them and find nourishment in them. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you can help with that, I think. Um, I did like, what one of the things I found most interesting was Dave was saying about the, the changing landscape of worship, um, you know, how people are getting their spiritual input from all kinds of places. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the assumption that, that this bit on Sunday morning, this is the point where they get the teaching that they need. Yeah, that's the all-important bit, the sermon, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas they're all getting it from all kinds of sources and, and, and have been, in fact, for decades anyway, through books yeah. or through whatever, other conversations. But it's just that's only accelerated post-COVID because people are now able to uh, join in, as it were, with a lot of other kinds of styles of worship yeah. simply by streaming them online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so that does slightly change the role of the Sunday morning or the service or the you know because you can you do have access to the world's best teaching now whatever that might be um you have access to everything online so what's what's the role of your local community now that's true that's an interesting question well it may be that one of the roles of a leader therefore is to help um people be be a bit more discerning and thought through about what they what they do because that's good and bad thing isn't it it's good that mm. you can go and you can go online and you can listen to i don't know our friend trevor or richard mm. raw or whatever or, you know mm. all these these people these great people but you could also listen to some very dodgy stuff stuff <laughs> yes, that probably wouldn't help you yeah no that's true yeah and so i think if if a leader just thinks well this this is their only experience and there's this box again we've got to kind of help we've got to talk to people about what they're listening to and 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 or what they're watching or anything, what they're reading, we got to, we got to help people really engage with it on a good level. I think. Yeah. yeah, sure. You know, I accept there's lots of different opinions, but I don't think some of these opinions are very healthy. Sometimes, you know, we have to accept some of them aren't good, and so how do we challenge yeah, that? We really? do. Yeah, no, it's true. It's an interesting time to be alive in terms of church history and church and culture, and you know, with everything that's going on in America, and I don't know whether we'll ever talk about Roe versus Wade and all that stuff, but you know that kind of imposition of of a biblical interpretation on the whole of culture uh, is a it's interesting mm. i don't know how much that applies to us in britain i suspect not so much uh, but it's an interesting time to be alive and um, as you say uh, an interesting time to be thinking through church and i think dave's point about recognizing the landscape is changing the world's changed the church has got to change it has to mm. yeah mm. And I suppose the final thing that I've just noted down that I thought would, you know, really struck me was the the gap or 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 I don't know if gap's the right word, the the difference between the personal way that many leaders gain spiritual formation and nourishment and the public way they do. Yeah. In other words, the, the gap yes, between yeah. the contemplative and the charismatic kind yes, of style. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and actually, I've had the chance to test that with a few people because I've met a few church leaders since, and I've asked them, "Well, how do you, how do you get, where do you get your spiritual nourishment? How do you recharge yeah. yourself?" And it's and they're all contemplatives. That's right. <laughs> and some of them are leading great big <laughs> churches with you know multiple drummers in cages. Where they put them in boxes, <laughs> don't they, drummers <laughs> these days? And 
<laughs> all this I've just go to churches where the drummer is in a perspex box. Have you I been know. There? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. What I'd love to see is if they filled it with water during the service and the drummer <laughs> had to escape. I think that would be really entertaining. But anyway, you got these church leaders at these big, you know, bish bash bosh churches and, and yet they're their chosen way of yes, sort of recharging of is, is not... Involved. So I, I have said to them, well, well, you know... Yeah. Do you introduce that, those practices? And some do and, and some it hasn't really occurred to them. But, you know, it would be great to get more of a mixed balance. I think that would be really yeah. good in, in terms of our spiritual formation within the church to, to offer up different possibilities, different ways of, of, of worshipping so that services were not sort of monocultural, not one thing. Really. I don't know whether the world is noisier than it used to be or busier than it used to be, but it seems to me that that whole solitude silence thing is is definitely the way forward for people. Yeah, yeah. Even loud extroverts need it. Mm. Well, I think it's that sense of permanently being connected, isn't it? Mm. Well, talking of solitude and silence, uh, I think we better you know allow yeah. people that time now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Lesson. They've endured enough piffle. <laughs> because I'm I'm exhausted and you haven't eaten. I'm starving. Yeah, well, I don't want you eating on air because that's the kind of thing you'll do. I, I just know. know it. I know, I will. But so I'm, I'm starting to get a bit hangry, to be honest. So. Right, yeah. oh, Lord, <laughs> better stop. Uh, listen, anyway, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Yeah, um, thanks. Hey, it's good to be back with you. It really is. Thank you, everyone who gives to the podcast. So appreciate that. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, all those who write in and uh, people who recommend it to others. That's yeah. lovely. That's always a nice thing. Uh, and I think we'll be back with you next week if Joe doesn't starve to death in between. Exactly. And if I haven't conducted your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah, I'm off. I'm off to get interred now. i got some Come lovely on. music. Come on, I'm so hungry. Okay, all right. I'm so hungry. Ugh.